Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined for the third time? Uh, Yeah, kind of like that. With Mrs. Laura Eldridge. And for the very first time, you know him, you love him, Jermaine Harrison. Let's go. Jermaine. Great to be here, guys. Dude, hey, thank you for being here. Jermaine has been on staff for about five years. Yeah. Five years, works in our student ministry is um, just a freaking uh, Local youth pastor, as some would call me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a local youth pastor. And, <laughs> he signs uh, his letters, your local youth pastor. Jermaine uh, <laughs> is also black. He's from Jamaica. That is true. Born in Spanish town, Jamaica. Grew up in St. Martin in the Eastern Caribbean. Uh, moved to Dallas around 10 years ago to go to grad school. And the Lord has just kept me around. Married? Yes, Married to my wonderful wife, Hannah Harrison, yeah, you of are. a year and a half. Good times. Come on. I love it, dude. Um, my first memory of you was at DTS. <laughs> I think we were there at the same time, weren't you? We were. We were there at the and same time. And you were time. like the president, uh, the student body president. I was the least involved it's, it's person. It's not ever. saying much to be the was student David body president. Was David a dropout? Tell the truth. David was a dropout, if we're being honest. <laughs> no one even knew I was even down there. I was there That's for amazing. like one class a semester, and Jermaine was like president of the National Scholar. And well, actually, I, my first t- r- uh, year of being president, I was I ran unopposed. No one else wanted it. So I was like, sure, I'll take it. Wait a second. Hold on. I was joking. You were actually student body president? Yes, I was. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> amazing. Oh, oh, my gosh. Two years. My, my third and fourth year, I was. Wow. Was it was it a lot of responsibility? Was it? Uh, we're in the presence sometimes, of greatness. Yeah, sometimes it was, but most of the times, not really. But wow. it, it, it was an honor to do it, though, for sure. Man. Well, All right. Well, Mr. President, thank you for being here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Some students, so funny, some students would say that. Like, they maybe didn't know my name, but knew me from afar from pictures or videos wow. and be like, what's up, Mr. President? And like, oh my great God. to see you. Great to be here. That is freaking hilarious. <laughs> We're uh, honored. DTS, in case anyone is listening, which a lot of most people are outside of Dallas, Dallas Theological Seminary. It's basically like a graduate Bible school. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are talking about a uh, really issue at the forefront of culture right now. And um, and that has to do with race, uh, rioting, um, reconciliation. What does it look like to be the body of Christ in the midst of... Could 2020 get any crazier? You got pandemics. Let's, let's knock on wood that it won't. Oh, yes. <laughs> I honestly can't believe that like in the most crazy year, I got married. Like... This is true. Or as fresh, fresh married. I'll never forget 2020. <laughs> a month. No in. one will, but. Oh, Two months. man. Two um, months, David. So, all that to say, Jermaine graciously made time. Uh, he put out something on social media that I thought was excellent. There's so much noise going on right now, mm-hmm. and there's so many opinions being expressed. There's so much hurt that's connected to past um, historical sin mm-hmm. that has marked uh, our nation, present, 
an ongoing injustice that's taken place and really the, the George Floyd stuff. And so we're going to do as best as can. Let me say something real quick to everybody listening, because what we're about to walk through is a minefield of landmines that we could potentially step on. And, <laughs> and we're trying to tiptoe through them. We're going to tiptoe through them. <laughs> and candidly, some people have more sensitive minds than others, like, you know, to use that illustration. And we're going to let those, you know, they're going to go off. So give us grace. Our heart is to do what we always do, which is go to God's word, mm-hmm. to be God's people, and to try to bring about reconciliation, hope healing and to point people to what's true, not our opinions. And so, uh, you know, if, if in the next 25 minutes, now that I've got everyone's attention, <laughs> you are discouraged or you are, um, and let me, please forgive us. You can email, you can reach out if you want clarification on something. We're not going to say everything you thought we should say. And we may say things that you're like, I, I think you could have said that better. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's so much tension. Like oh. even you guys reaching out to, to, to set this up, like there's even some like, oh, of course they got the black guy to come on the, on totally. the podcast to talk about race. Yes. Or, you know, even for me, even when I posted that on social media, the tension of, you know, my black friends or people of color uh, and my white friends and how are they going to view the perspective that I share mm-hmm. and, you know, how is it going to be received? And even now the tension of like, uh, uh, Jermaine speaking on behalf of all black people mm-hmm. everywhere at all times. And I just can't do that. No one can. And I'm not going to try to do that. I'm going to. That's why we had you here. You were supposed to represent <laughs> all black people everywhere for all time and never experience. And you said you could do it. <laughs> yes. There's so much tension with that. And then on the other yeah. side, like there's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, a ton of uh, white listeners that are listening because they want to be a part of the change, be a part of yeah. uh, making a difference in our culture. And just for me, like even that feeling that weight and tension of burden of leadership and responsibility. And it just comes with the territory and, and all you can do is speak God's truth. Yeah. You'll never go yeah. wrong doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, so let's just dive in because <clears throat> man, the hurt is, it is widespread. It's everywhere. And I think one of the challenges in the church is how do you create an environment? And I don't think we always get this right. And candidly, it's something I'm wrestling with as a leader that just has honest conversations and open ones. Yeah. And what's the timing for those to take place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the timing? It's always a great time to listen. Um, and uh, and yet there are you know clear wounds that um, should be dealt with and prioritized first. And I think as a leader, one of the challenges is doing that. But so I don't want you to speak for all black people everywhere. I want you to speak because you're a human who has eyes and has made observations. And it probably, and just like all of us has relationships and friends of every color. And um, what do you think is going on in the hearts of black and brown, but particularly black um, and even that, you know, what does that mean? Yes. Uh, uh, hearts I, I, of yeah. Christians. I think the overall tension that has led to the, you know, the um, unrest, protest, and even the, the, the anger and disappointment that has led to some of the rioting and looting is a feeling like, man, we should all be one family and yeah. we should all be equals in the family. And we feel like a mistreated, misrepresented, misunderstood little brother or little sister with older siblings that do not care about mm, us. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think like that's the emotion or the feeling that is 
most widespread a feeling of, um, hey, you don't belong in this family. We're going to treat you like you don't belong in this family. Um, and we're going to ignore the fact that that's how you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's spilling over in, in sadness, disappointment, anger, frustration, and violence. So what would you say? No, I think you're right. So n- now I'm going to ask a question just because, again, you're human, you're a pastor, you have eyes. What do you think the white uh, the experiences of white Christians are feeling right now. And and let me just say this, because I know this email, let me save you the email, because the person's about to be, hey, hi, why would you ask him to speak for all the white people you need to sit there on <laughs> Jermaine is a peer. He's someone mm-hmm. I respect. He's a leader. Yeah. He's a pastor. First and foremost, he's Christian. It, um, it, skin color matters much less from eternity's perspective than whether or not you're a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, so what defines me is that I'm a Christian, not the color yes. of my skin or where I'm from. Yes. I agree. So now that we address that one person that's angry that I'm even asking yeah. <laughs> someone, hey, what do you think that the experience is, because um, there seems at least one, maybe a couple of like white Christians maybe feeling right now. Yeah, I think, and I'm speaking specifically to white Christians who are devoted followers of Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would imagine that some are stuck in the tension, like a feeling of, of being paralyzed as to what to do or how to respond. And I think a, a uh, specific, Specific example of that is the. Did y'all see on Instagram the, you know, the Blackout Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, you know, trend? And so I think a lot of uh, white Christians are caught in the middle where they're like, "Man, I, I want to post that that Blackout Tuesday deal mm-hmm. to show my solidarity and care, but." They, they might even be feeling like they're stuck in a lose-lose situation because, hey, if you post, some people are going to say, uh, you better be doing more than posting. Make yeah. sure that it's mm-hmm. not just that post, but you're changing the rest of the way you live. And then on the other side is if you don't post, oh, why didn't you post? Don't you care about the issues mm-hmm. that are going on? And it's like, listen, if someone wasn't on Instagram the day before Tuesday, they wouldn't have known it was Blackout Tuesday. Um, and so there's so much tension, I think, that well-meaning yeah. followers of Jesus of all colors, but specifically white people um, could be feeling in this moment where I want to respond. I want to be helpful. um, But sometimes I don't know how to because everyone has a has the 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 option of sharing their opinion. And 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 sometimes when you share your opinion on social media or in person, there's someone who's going to disagree with you. Just like, you know, we've been talking about. Totally, man. Yeah, I candidly I was caught in that same tension Tuesday. Uh, with myself, with the portrait of going, hey, if this is a, I'm against injustice, racial injustice, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to raise my hand on totally. that. If that's all that this, the tension sometimes is like, is this connected um, to something that has a bigger agenda, like defund the police? Because yeah. that's what I'm supporting right now. That's not, I don't think there's biblical uh, encouragement towards that. Or if I'm if I'm raising my hand by posting this and saying, you know, white people need to shut up, <laughs> uh, that's not the mandate that any person, no matter the color of your skin, you should be telling others uh, that you need to control and dominate how they think or what they say and any of that stuff. So I do think you're right. I mean, I feel that tension, but as far as I best understood it, and it still came back with three reactions, honestly, like 12 reactions. The person you said, who's like, you better do more than just post about mm-hmm. it. Then you had uh, people of different races, even than white and black, saying, oh, my gosh, can't believe that you're like trying to get rid of white guilt and and deal with this. And then you had people saying, um, man, this is encouraging. And you had people that were just angry that I can't believe that you would even do this. So it, it is it is a lose lose situation. And as Christians, I think we can 
we can come together before one another, watch our words carefully, pray for, love, give it and extend grace to when people don't do everything that we want them to do. Because you're right. If you, if you don't post it, man, it's because you're a racist. If you post it, it's um, not enough and you're a Marxist. You know, and uh, it's like, man, you guys, you need to get jobs and you need to read your Bible. Yes. And I mean, when you just said that and you said giving grace, I'm like, man, that is so important in this season um, because, you know, you could say something and it'd be interpreted in a completely different way. Yeah, totally. I, I saw, you know, a ton of different posts on social media. And if you just post like a quote or a soundbite from some well-known person and everyone in the comments under it is saying, you know, preach it or say it. And you're reading the post and you're like, OK, what does this mean? Because it could be interpreted in so many different ways. And I think, man, just being gracious and believing the best about other people is so essential in this season <laughs> and at, at all times. And seeking to understand before seeking to be understood <laughs> is so important at, at all times, but especially now. So um, you have a unique perspective because you're Jamaican, with <laughs> which always, like here's the, one of the challenges about this is that uh, I'm just going to speak candidly. Do it. I like I can with my brother. It's less about you and more about you. Um, <laughs> somebody's going to be like, oh, that doesn't count. And by brother, you mean brother in Christ and not brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, or I, both. I, I mean, both. It's sure. fine. Both are great. Uh, and, and no, I mean, you, I do. I, I see you as, as more blood than my own family who doesn't know Jesus. And um, like truly, and we're going to be together for all of eternity. Yeah, but we will. I think one of the challenges is that people will dismiss um, even that. So I'm not even going to give more credence to that because that is ridiculous. I understand why they may be saying, well, there could be ongoing experiences that he's unfamiliar with or doesn't harbor the pain for. So sure. But I think one thing that um, from your perspective on uh, being a, a part of uh, a church that is kind of reflective of society, I would say in terms of demographics yeah. and all that, um, as in like it's a, you know, predominantly, we live in a predominantly white country. Watermark is not an exclusively white country. There's mm -hmm. what Todd always says, like, there's like 70, 70 something yeah. different uh, nations represented in the membership of our body. People yeah. who are born in those yeah. countries. Ethnicities. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, or maybe even speak on behalf of, um, you know, uh, you may be like, honestly, I don't think that way, but I know I think people do. Yeah. What do you think it is like, or what would you say could be some of the feelings, emotions that I would be unaware of when you walk into this place? Yeah. Um, not being on staff because you're also on staff. That right, kind of right, right. Because you even mentioned, Jermaine, as we were talking earlier, how even in Jamaica, there were stereotypes towards um, like, well, Jamaicans from, in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you've experienced it both there and maybe yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was, what Laura's referencing and I think is helpful to answer to this question is, you know, I'm from the Caribbean where it is a predominantly black culture. Um, but I grew up with um, white Americans, white Europeans, Indians, Asians, uh, you know, people of all sorts of ethnicities closely around me, you know, whether in school or working together or at, or at church. Um, and you'd think maybe in a predominantly black culture that there wouldn't be racism. But I, I remember specific instances of racism, not necessarily, you know, white on black or black on white, whatever it might be. But hey, if you're from a certain island in the Caribbean, then I view you a certain way. Like, 
you know, how Jamaicans, if you meet a Jamaican in America, you probably um, have had the conversation with them. Oh, I saw the movie Cool Runnings and it's so great. And we love Jamaicans. Um, whereas there, there is a, a large majority of people in the Caribbean that when they think of Jamaicans, they think of negative connotations, you know, a thief, uh, a murderer, you know, it's it's not it's not a positive um, um, reputation, and so in a culture where there's predominantly black people, like there was an attempt to, there is an attempt to find, hey, what is that thing that divides us? Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes back to the heart of of issues of racism and division is that regardless of you know external like the the color of our skin or whatever it might be in our brokenness and in our sinfulness in this world we will look for hey what's different about him or her than me Um, and does that make me better or does that make me worse and then we respond based on that and so it's just really uh, really helpful thing to understand that that's at the heart of you know all of us. And so walking into Watermark, a, a huge and predominantly white culture, um, I think that there's some people who, who, who could feel um, intimidated, intimidated mm-hmm. that they're, they're not known, that they're not seen, or that they're not welcome because they're not a part of the, the, the larger group. And, and so, mm. and so you know, I, I think my friends and my community, and I think this church does a great job of um, uh, of, of welcoming people in of, of other races or mm-hmm. from from different um, ethnicities. Like one of the things that our senior pastor Todd Wagner says around here that I, I really appreciate. He's like, "Hey, um, the most important people at Watermark are the next 100." Yeah. You know, when he's casting that vision of, "Hey, this isn't just about the people that are here; it's about the people that could be here mm-hmm. because of." our love for God and how we invite them into a relationship with him and, and in the same token, invite them into a community um, based on unity in Christ mm-hmm. and not disunity because of uh, racial uh, ethnicity or anything else. Yeah, that's good. You know, <clears throat> there's times in the world where I feel like it's, it's hard to see, you know, uh, the Bible says that the world around us is underneath the power of mm-hmm. Satan, the yeah. devil, evil mm-hmm. one, prince of the power of the air of darkness. And there's times where it's like, man, you, I, I think I could kind of trace what's going on. 2020 feels like one of those where he has showed his hand a, <laughs> yeah. a little too clearly. <laughs> uh, you know, Satan, even the name Diablo, uh, one of the words for Satan, means to divide. Mm. Diablos, to separate or to divide. And I think anytime that mentality gets a hold of us, which it can in all of us, there's yeah. sin of, hey, I want to divide based on race. I want to divide based on, you know, socioeconomic level, I want to divide based on age, I want to divide based on gender. We are operating not underneath the spirit of unity that brings people together. And um, so here, here's a couple of questions, Jermaine. Um, is race a biblical thing? Um, I think we are all part of one human race, like just one race. And I get that from the Bible. Uh-huh. Genesis one twenty seven says, so God created human beings in his own image. Mm-hmm. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And so, and what, you know, God didn't start the, the world out with, all right, let me get the this Asian person over here and this black person over mm-hmm. here. It was one father, Adam, one mother, 
Eve and by extension to Noah and after the flood, after the, you know, the, the punishment judgment upon the earth, mm -hmm. um, the command to Noah and his three sons and their wives, it was to be fruitful and fill the earth. Mm -hmm. And so maybe if you don't believe in Adam and you're listening to this, you probably believe in Noah. Um, and that's where we all came from, from his lineage. And so we're all a part of one family, yeah. one race. Um, but sin has broken that family apart. And from the beginning, we were all looking for ways to to divide ourselves from our brothers and sisters because we're all part of one family. Yeah. So. And then in Genesis 11, they're, like God even scattered people and, and confused the languages because they thought that they didn't need him. And there's yeah. there's something about disunity that, that should in all of us, I think, cause us to remember that we need Jesus to even understand you, Jermaine, to understand your experience, to understand um, the person who is um, not fought for, not heard, to understand you, I need Jesus. Yeah, I mean, even the, the, the theme that you see in the New Testament when Jesus arrives is a unification of mm. the Jews, God's chosen people, descendants of Abraham with the Gentiles, you know, who are not from the chosen people of God and to see that Christ came to live and to die. Ephesians 2, I think it's 14, says that Jesus came to break down the dividing walls. Racism yeah. isn't right. a new problem. Racism has existed from the, the, the interjection of sin into our world. Yeah. And Jesus came to bring remedy to that, to bring resolution through his work on the cross. Mm. And, and, and every day we now have the power that rose Jesus from the grave in us. If we're followers of Jesus to be ministers of reconciliation, like second Corinthians five says to, to, to look, um, to acknowledge that we are different but also acknowledge that in Christ, we are all united yeah. and that that's the most important thing. Come on. Preach. Good, let's go. Um, so as it relates, here's where this topic becomes like challenging, I think, for the church. Yeah. Um, so stay in the ring here with me. Uh, I'm there, I'm with you. I, I don't know what other option we have other than living out what the Bible says mm -hmm. and doing what the Bible is calling us to. It seems like uh, like preaching the gospel, caring for injustice, mm -hmm. listening to one another, mourning with those who mourn, dealing with pain the way that the Bible calls us to deal with pain. Um, it almost seems though, as though a lot of Christians feel like something else needs to happen other than that. And maybe that, that you haven't observed that or you don't see that. I, I have observed that. I've observed that when I see or hear people say, we can't just preach the gospel or we can't merely preach the gospel. We've got to add, you know, um, justice rights and all of these different things. And I get what they're saying in theory, but I think if you put the qualifier in front of the, in front of the gospel, just or merely that you have an incomplete view of the gospel because mm -hmm. the gospel isn't just a ticket to heaven. The gospel is the key to an abundant life today, That's right cool. now in every and any relationship you have. And so if the gospel that you believe in doesn't um, transform how you view people of all races, of mm -hmm. all ethnicities, socioeconomic, whatever things are different. If it doesn't, uh, the gospel doesn't change how you view them and how you treat them. I don't know what gospel you have, but it's not the gospel from the Bible. That's good. Boom. Tweet that. <laughs> That's good. I think there's also this cry for justice and you see it in biblical times as well, that when there were bad leaders, 
bad things happen. When there are good leaders, good things happen. As in, it went well for the people when they had leaders who were just, who appropriately punished crime, who, uh, you know, just yeah, acted. Yeah, that's the responsibility yeah. of our governing authorities, Romans 13. Yeah. So what would you say, um, and, and you probably can speak to this too, David, of the person who's like, hey, I just want justice to be done. And, and what's the appropriate way to actually be a voice for change when, you know, clearly like riots aren't the answer, but they want to be heard, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I have an answer unless you want to jump in. You jump in. Well, I, I think it depends on who's asking what they're asking in particular mm -hmm. about. If they're saying, Hey, I want justice to be done for George Floyd. Um, I think it's happening. Yeah, uh, definitely. It, I think a lot of people, as it relates to that, they want vengeance, which is very different than justice. That's a really good point. And I think that should be like, so there's a difference between justice and vengeance, how would you how would you separate them? Yeah, vengeance is um, I am I'm responding out of anger to make you hurt. Mm. Justice is somebody uh, committing a crime mm -hmm. and, it, and being held accountable through consequences that um, for the rest of his life for that, or just held accountable through that. But to the person who's like, no, but I want justice. Period. I think that's where we got to come back to God's word. We got to use it as the source and guide to instruct us on like, hey, what does it say about justice? Mm -hmm. How can we advocate for it? What are the yeah. specific problems that I want to address? Because I, I think there's a lot of people that just blanket statement by a narrative mm -hmm. that they um, then go all in on. And I'm not even saying by any narrative, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, just be thoughtful and like, hey, what am I believing here? And mm -hmm. what's actually true? Because all of us are called to fight for justice. Yeah to fight for justice all the time. A police officer, like he would be an example of injustice. Mm -hmm. It's about to get controversial for me. <laughs> Everybody buckle up, okay? <laughs> he would be an example of injustice. If the police officer, and, and let me just stay away from, from that one. If, um, if a police <laughs> a officer idea. came and uh, he was being attacked by someone who's Hispanic, call him any other race that's that uh, 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 different than his. Mm -hmm. and, um, and because he was being attacked by that person and he shot that person, and he was white and he was justified in doing it. If society said, you know what, but we're so angry at the racial division that we don't care that you are justified. By the way, George Floyd, police officer, not justified. Right. That has nothing to do with that. I'm right, trying right, to right. use an example to say, you can have injustice on both sides. Mm -hmm. It yeah. could be injustice where it's like, well, mm -hmm. because he's white, we got to appease the mob. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have him, uh, you know, you're going to go to the jail for the rest of your life, even though you didn't necessarily, that's injustice as well. That's and Christians good. should be fighting for both. They should be fighting for historical, mm -hmm. um, against any injustices that come along and, uh, should be fighting for justice for all people. Mm -hmm. And, um, so anything you'd add or yeah. what would you say? Yeah. Those are, that, that's a good question and great thoughts by DMAR. I think there's a couple of things I think about in response to that. I think, um, as followers of Jesus, one of the best things we can do to experience justice in our world, and it's going to sound controversial, maybe sounds like, like a cop-out, is pray. That's good. Is pray. Um, I think I saw a tweet that said, uh, we can do more than pray, but we can't do less. And like, if you're not, yeah. if... If, let me say something. If you've been posting and tweeting and sharing your frustrations or sharing ways that you think that we can change as a society, you know, I'm not knocking you for that. But if you haven't stopped 
to genuinely intercede with the creator of the universe who um, Psalm 34 says that his ears are open to your cry mm. and that you haven't asked him to bring justice, to bring about what you're hoping for, man, you have started in the wrong place. You just truly have. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, we as believers can do a lot more getting on our knees, hitting our knees and asking the Lord to intervene in our circumstances. Cause I think that's a prayer he, he would love to answer. The other thing that I think of um, is going back to Romans 13, that government authorities are set up by God. Mm -hmm. And you know, in our democratic society, we have a say in who is in our is a, in a, a part of our governing authorities. Mm -hmm. And so some of us who are crying out for justice, you know, we don't know the first thing about any of our state representatives, our mayors, governors, yeah. you know, didn't go out to vote. Sorry, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to call call anyone out specifically. But like uh, if you're calling for justice in in this moment and we need to call for justice, but you're not doing your homework and due diligence when there when there isn't maybe this uh, huge blow up in our society like now, I think you're missing a great opportunity to seek justice by one praying for godly leaders to be yeah. voted into positions of leadership so that men and women who are uh, uh, enacting justice are informed by a Christian biblical worldview, because if they're not we ha will have what we have. So right what now. you're telling me is that David Marvin is in sin if he doesn't run for governor. <laughs> yes, hey, that's exactly it. I, today I launched my campaign. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. The other thing that I think, I don't know how you do it without being a Christian because, uh, well, I guess you do it exactly like the world is doing it. Yeah, and Rome is yeah. on fire. Mm -hmm. um, because as Christians, we know that we should advocate for justice, call for it. We should um, pray. We should um, take action. We should care for the needy, care for the, the vulnerable, care for all people. And yet we also have been given the gift to rest that every injustice will be settled, that yeah. it's either been paid for on the cross, yeah. whether there was a camera that filmed it or not, because there's a million times more injustices that have not been filmed today so many. than the ones that have been filmed. And every one of those will be settled and will be paid for either in hell or by Jesus on the cross. And, um, and that there's a, a rest that can come that, man, God sees it. He sees the suffering. He sees the pain. He sees the things that people go through and those uh, people will not get away with it in the end. Cause part of us, the reason there's an outcry is they're like, you can't get away with it. Yeah. And as Christians, we know nobody's getting away with anything. Right. They're not. Romans 12 says, uh, God says, vengeance is mine. Yeah. Yes. I will repay says the Lord. Yeah. That's scary. It's a scary thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews also says, yes. man, justice yeah. ultimately is coming and, is being enacted right now as yeah. well. And so for the person listening, I'm sorry, Dave, were you going to jump in? No, 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 go. For the person listening, like whatever, um, just wanted to say quickly, whatever injustice you've experienced personally or, or hurt by something that has been done to you that's wrong, know that God is just, that he is not like, hey, I don't care. It's not that big of a deal that he sees. And he saw what happened to George Floyd and he's doing, he's going to do something about it ultimately yeah. one day whether or not justice is met here on earth, but, but same for you listening, whatever injustice you've experienced, like God, God's like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. So Absolutely. here's three last things, Jermaine. One thing you shared right before we went on, two things are from 
um, a post that you said to take dear white people and dear black people. And it's just quick. And I thought it was, I thought it was well said. And I thought they were biblical ideas, especially for Christians. Mm -hmm. You're not a Christian. Um, you're not going to get most of what we're saying and you're already so angry and you're offended and that's fine. And Jesus loves you and you should place your faith in him. Yes. I I pray that right now. The biggest problem in our country is not skin. It is sin. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a believer, that is the single best thing you should walk away with. It's good. Um, so Jermaine, uh, the first was you shared something about how there could be a temptation to be afraid when I, you go on a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you mind? Just, do you remember yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I do remember what, what, what you're referencing. And so what I was sharing kind of before we started recording is that um, there's a lot of uh, people of color out there who when they see these videos or, or hear these reports and see the injustice that is done, that their, um, their response to it mm-hmm. um, is a response of fear, a fear of man. Uh, if I walk outside, I, you know, this could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, maybe I'm, I'm, less likely to, 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 to go outside or live my life in freedom and enjoy it. And, and I would just say to that person that if you're listening and that's you and that you're afraid of going on a run because, you know, who knows what could happen to you, man, I'm so sorry that, that that's the, the place that you find yourself in. And I also want to say that, that you have the freedom to not be um, dominated or ruled by a spirit of fear, but instead to be ruled by a spirit of, uh, of love and of power and of a sound mind, which mm-hmm. is given to us by God. I think that's first or second Timothy one, seven can't remember which one, but that we have the freedom to not live in fear because man, our life is a vapor mm-hmm. that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And, uh, I want you, and I have committed to not living my life in fear because it is so short. I could, I could be here today and gone tomorrow. And, and I don't want fear to dictate the way I live my life. I want a firm trust in who God is Mm -hmm. to dictate my life. And so, uh, you know, God knows my days. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days Mm. so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God knows how long I have here on this earth and I could get killed on a run or I could, you know, die in a car crash or I could, you know, uh, contract an infectious disease and pass away. Mm. Uh, But, but the real, but the fact that those things are real possibilities, um, shouldn't keep me from enjoying my life to the full, the the abundant life Jesus came to offer for me to live. Should I be smart? Should I be responsible? Should I, you know, uh, eat well, exercise, do all of the things that I need to, to, you know, ensure a potential long life? Yes. But should I live in fear because of the potential, uh, uh, things that could cause my life to end out there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's good. And then you said something that, um, uh, we will give this and then anything else that, he, that yeah. you, you want to add or to add, but one was, um, to, uh, here, I'll just pull it up. It was on that post, which was some of the source of, I just thought it was such a great, uh, so many great thoughts. We uh-huh. can't cover all of them on here, but there was a couple there that, um, I just thought were relevant and, and candidly, you're about to address two different people groups and they won't speak to every single person in all of those people groups perfectly and adequately in every way that they've ever experienced. And yeah. A lot of them won't even listen to you. So there you go. <laughs> um, okay, I think you're just re- like they're not listening you're, to you're me. You're referencing like my encouragement to black people and my encouragement to white people. Yeah, like well, right. Really, it practical. wasn't your sole encouragement. It was yeah. just like I just thought it reflected a uh, a Christian pastor's heart to like, man, hey, don't let fear own you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 
be thoughtful and yes. also believe the best. Yes. Um, and so on there, I talked about, you know, the stereotypical scenario of a black person or a person of color walking by, you know, a white female mm -hmm. and they, you know, clutch their purse or, mm -hmm. or, um, close their car door really quick and lock it mm -hmm. with the potent because of the perceived potential danger around them and and the message the message to that white person in that you know stereotypical scenario um, which is real for lots of of people of color is hey just because um, someone is of a different color walking by you with a hoodie maybe or whatever it might be doesn't mean that they're trying to rob you mm -hmm. or trying to, to to do harm to you. That's not believing the best about every person. Should you be smart? Should you be wise? Yes. But your first response shouldn't be, oh, there's a black guy walking by. Let me make sure I clutch my purse because mm -hmm. he's going to steal it. That's a huge assumption on a, a whole uh, ethnic group that is just not God's mm -hmm. way. Can, uh, I, can I have one thing before yeah, we go to the next? We forget. I'll do it. I think, uh, and I think that is a um, one thing to the person who's there that I think would maybe be helpful is just, man, if, when you experience that, just go, God, help me to see as you see. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to be owned by fear. I don't want to be driven by fear. I want to be driven by love. And in that moment, I can be afraid based on um, stereotypes that are informed by whatever. So help me to see as you see. So, because yeah. practically, some, when you tell somebody, hey, don't be afraid. It doesn't work. Like if, if someone's afraid of heights and you're like, don't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It'll be fine. Just be like, hey, hey, but a replacement could be just God help me to see humanity, every person, no matter their color, like okay. you see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on the other side of that stereotypical, but sometimes very real scenario, the encouragement to the black person or the person of color um, that I've applied to my own mm -hmm. life, which is, you know, why I'm able to share it like this is um, that person might be clutching their purse or closing their car door or doing something abruptly mm -hmm. that may could seem like they're doing it in response to you, but they could have probably not even seen you at all. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's the importance of assuming the best. Mm -hmm. And even in the scenario where they did do that because they were nervous because of your skin color and you assumed the best about them, and you didn't talk to them, like, you know, you've saved yourself some anxiety and some anger and frustration because you chose um, the most uh, loving scenario to, to, to play out in your mind and believe that one instead of going to a, a, a worst case scenario. Really and so seeking to understand, um, believe in the best and trust in the Lord with the rest. Oh man, look at that. <laughs> that, just, that just came out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> Let's go. He's uh, writing a song tonight. Yeah. Anything else, uh, Jermaine, you'd add before we, we get off here and, and I hope, man, um, if anyone's listening and you heard my tone be uh, defensive or angry, yeah. please forgive me. Cause that's not, uh, well, I hope they didn't hear me angry, but preemptively almost defensive on behalf of of the yeah. conversation. So forgive us. We, we love you. We want to help. We want to see our country healed. There's no group that mm -hmm. can do it other than the body of Christ. Yeah. Yes. So there's no hope but us. That, that was the last thing I was going to say. Um, we should pray for the end of injustice, mm -hmm. for the end of racism, for the, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, sorry for sending you more emails, for the end of abortion, yeah. for the end of all of the ills in our society that mm -hmm. is breaking our society apart. Yeah. We should pray earnestly, knowing that God hears our prayers yeah. and looking expectantly for him, for, uh, him to come through. Um, and so... It begins with us. Yeah. It begins with the people of God. And mm -hmm. if you're listening, you're a follower of Jesus, like you need to believe um, that it starts with you. Yes. And, it, and if, if racial, 
you know, to use the, the worldly term unity doesn't happen within the church, it's not going to happen anywhere else because we have a different way. We have the spirit of God living within us. Mm-hmm. And so if, 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 if there's going to be a place where there's unity and diversity mixed together and the people of all races and ethnicities are in unity, enjoying each other's company and friendship, it's got to be the church. And if it's not there, it's not going to be anywhere else. And so my yeah. encouragement to people who are part of the church have trusted in Christ and have uh, committed themselves to be a member of a Bible believing church is, man, don't settle for, you know, uh, don't settle for avoiding being racist. Don't settle for proving to the world that you're not a racist with your words or your social media Trendy posts, hashtags, but like jumping on the actively pursue unity. Mm-hmm. With with people that are different from you, really the good. funny example that I that I give that might uh, maybe be helpful is there have been many times throughout the course of my life where people who are not um, like me have been around me around you know a pool you know the ocean etc. and and um, they would ask hey does your hair get wet when you when you go <laughs> underwater <laughs> and I always have the puzzled look in my head I'm like literally, biologically, physiologically, everything that goes underwater gets, gets wet. wet. <laughs> it doesn't make oh, sense. Um, but but maybe they, they maybe I'm the only black person they've ever known or interacted with on that on that scale where they're even able to ask that question. And so even in that moment, I have the opportunity to seek unity in Christ by answering a question that might feel uh, frustrating or 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 ignorant or whatever it is. And who cares, man? There's so much more important things than being right. Yes, like, a lot of humility. Wow. Like there's a lot of humility that should go into mm. it. And so, man, it's if really humility Good. doesn't mark us, um, you know, there will not be an end to the racism that we're seeing and experiencing in our world. Mm. And then, man, the last two things, um, which we've said several times, is speak up on the injustice that's happening in our world. And obviously, social media is a huge part of that now, and I get it. Um, but I would encourage you to make sure you're speaking up about it in person with people that you have genuine relationships with than yeah. with the random uh, ethereal person on the internet. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, like, you know, when you read through um, the Bible uh, and you read in Revelation chapter seven, I'm gonna read a couple of verses from there. It's describing the end uh, uh, of this earth as we know it and the, the new heaven and new earth mm-hmm. and all of God's people all together. And it says this, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in, in front of the throne and before the lamb. And they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hand and they were Shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And I love that imagery that people from all races, people from all over the world, from different cultures, different backgrounds, different um, socioeconomic levels, different colors of sin, of skin. We're all going to stand followers of Jesus before the, the God of the universe, Jesus, our savior. And we're going to say, you are worthy. And we have a privilege, the yeah. privilege right now of, uh, of, of, creating some element of that somewhat imperfectly until we get to experience that. We are guaranteed that that's going to happen then. And we have an opportunity now to begin to move in that direction. Come on. Come on. (laughs) I love it, man. Hey, thank you for being here, Jermaine. 
If you guys have questions or there's any way that we can serve you, please uh, holler at us and let us know um, just uh, by emailing us at info at the porch dot live. Um, and, uh, and we love you guys and hopefully this was helpful and, uh, we will see you next week on another episode of views from the porch. Let's go. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.